Hello, Husky fans. This is Trevor Mueller from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven channel. With me is Kayla Olin, Mike Martin, Jake Grant, and of course, our special Husky guest this week is Alameda Teamu. Alameda, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Mr. Mueller. Awesome. So uh, here we go. Week two, I guess week three for the Pac-12, week two for Washington. Uh, we got some cancellations as of we're recording tonight. Wednesday night, all the other games are still on. Utah might be headed to play BYU and crushing BYU's season uh, because once they play somebody good, that's going to be over there. But first, let's talk Pac-12 football. We got, first, we have UCLA headed to Oregon. Oregon is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Kaylee, what, uh, Kayla, what do you got? Well, one, Mr. Mueller, I'm offended. <laughs> Two, this is going to be a great game. I think probably one of the best games of the weekend. UCLA very much could upset Oregon and Eugene. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR, as a lot of people know him, is a stud at the quarterback position. He threw for three touchdowns against Cal and their defense. Four touchdowns against Colorado. Only one interception per game so far, totaling just shy of 500 yards, 499 if you really want to be exact. But the best part is that he rushed for 109 yards against Colorado on nine attempts. He was the leading rusher for the team as a quarterback. Oregon is very slow to start. We saw that with Stanford. We saw that with Washington State going into the half. And if the Ducks get too far behind in that first half, it'll be very hard for them to come back. I expect this to be a close game as Chip Kelly returns to his old stomping ground. So you could expect some trick plays and some things up his sleeve with Kelly. Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, UCLA looked like they were dead in the water, right, after really getting embarrassed in, uh, against Colorado, uh, and they came back beating Cal. Essentially, if things might hold, that could be the end of Cal's uh, chances of getting to that North championship. Mike, what do you got in this game? Well, I, I tell you what, the, the thing about uh, UCLA is they've had two bad quarters this year, and it was putting the ball on the ground. Um, it wasn't their scheme or anything uh, like that. It was just, you know, you haven't played live contact in a while, and apparently they didn't rehearse uh, holding on to the ball. They played six solid quarters of football, and uh, Oregon, you know, Chip Kelly going back into Oregon, I was really looking forward to the fans really letting him have it, uh, one way cheering or really booing. And Chip Kelly kind of, uh, you know, knocking off Oregon. I still would really like that to happen. Jake? I think Oregon's offense is too prolific. Their offensive line is too big, too strong, too fast. I see Oregon walking away with this one by 14-plus points. Who invited Jake? Nobody. <laughs> I just keep on. That's all I do. No, he did not. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> loves me, but here I am. <laughs> Uh, Alameda, what do you got? Uh, first of all, I don't like Oregon. Uh, so I got UCLA. I, not only just because I don't like Oregon, but just like uh, you were saying, um, Chip Kelly's going in there. And I think um, Chip Kelly does have a chip on his shoulder, and he wants to go in and uh, kind of show him what they're missing out on or what they have been missing out since he left. So, yep, UCLA. I think to kind of go off of what you were saying is Chip Kelly really invented 
some of college football and that quickness when he was at Oregon, he was the innovator for that. And while he has struggled with UCLA, that is a completely different program from Oregon. Shouldn't ever sleep on Chip Kelly. I think a lot of teams have learned that one for that reason alone. And like what you were saying. I'm going to give you a fun fact though. Um, In the sixties, Ohio state already had the tempo offense going. Okay. They were the one. Woody Woody Hayes is the one that came up with the tempo offense and he shelved it because they were, they were running almost a hundred plays a game. And they said, this is a disgrace to college football. And he shelved it. It wasn't Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly just found something that someone else was doing and uh, modernized it. Better. Yeah. That's innovation. He knew the, he knew the time. He, 60s. Where it wasn't the time for that. <laughs> They're still getting used to color TV. Exactly. They're like, wait. And electricity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next one. Awesome. Next up, we have Cal headed to Oregon State. Two teams that were really looking like one could compete for the North, one that was starting to uh, ascend into the top echelon of the Pac-12 North. Both are coming in with a loss. Uh, Cal is favored by three and a half points. Uh, Mike, what do you got? Well, I tell you, this is both teams are limping into this game. I, I really thought that, that Wazoo was going to be uh, Oregon State's best chance at a win, but maybe Cal now is that. They didn't, did not look like they had a week off. They looked like they played on a Monday night and had to play again. Uh, I just, they looked disheveled. They, they didn't look inspired. They, they did not look like a Wilcox coached team, especially on defense. Um, is that because of what UCLA was able to do? But now for Oregon State, they had they had their chance to win at Washington. I think that uh, that Oregon State has as good a chance uh, as Cal at winning this game. I think three and a half points is fair. And Oregon State has been my my dark horse the entire season not for winning the conference but for knocking off somebody that a lot of people kind of slept on cal had to play sunday oregon state played or yeah oregon state played saturday night so i don't know if there's any difference in that but uh at home um i'm gonna give it to cal or to or excuse me oregon state jake uh yeah i agree with mike actually for the first time maybe in record history I know. It's just flooring. Yeah, whatever. Either one. (laughs) Uh, Oregon State put up a heck of a battle against Washington. Uh, Their offense looked really good. Their defense looked even better than we all projected. Um, Cal looked bad. They did not look like they've taken the steps that they'd taken in years previously. I think Oregon State's going to beat them outright. Kayla. This was a hard game to look at just because Cal allowed four plays of over 20 yards, uncharacteristic of Cal. And with the threat of Jamar Jefferson, who averages over 125 yards per game, if the Golden Bears play like they did against UCLA, Oregon State takes this win. Like both of you, I went back and forth. Do I give Cal benefit of the doubt because it was their very first game? 
does that then play into how Oregon State played against Washington and Washington's very first game, right? This is a tug of war situation here. And so many times I decided the game was by three, but I said, do I pick Cal? Do I pick Oregon State? No, it's Cal. No, it's Oregon State. I decided to go with the Beavers by three because this is the game that Oregon State wins. I tell you what, Kayla is putting us all to shame with all of her numbers. We're all talking, oh, Oregon State can win. And she's like, fact, 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 fact. I mean, I, I'm kind of embarrassed uh, with what she's doing to us right here. Math was my language. <laughs> Don't worry. Give it time. If we talk science and how these kids are made and why they're so beast-like, I got nothing. <laughs> well, well, unfortunately, Alameda has to go after Kayla. <laughs> I know. It's all bad. Um, I actually got Calvin in this game. Um, people think the Oregon State is uh, good. I don't think they're uh, a better program than um, Cal. Um, I think the points that they got was based off of UW's mistakes. You know what I mean? So I think heading into this game, um, Cal's the the better team. And I think they're going to win by more than three, maybe seven point a touchdown, maybe two touchdowns. Alameda's going to be right just because all of us at Oregon State now. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out. I tell you what, I already put my picks in and I picked Oregon State and Alameda's making it really hard. Uh, for me to to keep that pick, but uh, I'm gonna rest my hopes on Jamar Jefferson, and uh, if if he's able to get loose like he has the first two weeks, uh, first against the Cougs, which you know whatever, but then against Washington again, as Alameda said, there was a lot of mistakes that Washington made. Uh, I still think that until we see. Um, somebody stopped Jamar Jefferson. I'm going to ride that until Cal shows that they're, they can do something. Um, so moving on. And, and Trevor, kind of uh, to, to that point, uh, I think that if, if Washington was not really able to take Jefferson out of the game, really, they gashed him. They were able to put 14 points on. I think Cal now having seen that Cal can actually say, mm-hmm. Let's shut him down and um, see if Oregon State can beat you with their arm. And I, I don't know that Oregon State will. So um, is it too late to flip my pick to, to kind of go with, jump on the uh, Alameda bandwagon? No, nope, too late. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it's way too late. Because Washington saw Jamar Jefferson play before against Washington State. So that is a – Moo point. Mike, you get that joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. A moo point. That's a friend's joke. All right. Oh. Sorry, so I just had to throw that in to kind of give it up because I, I, you know, when I, when I, when I hear, I like hearing both sides of this because, you know, it helps me decide and I, it sucks that I always go first. <laughs> oh, you just went first on that one. <laughs> I tell you what. Washington, I'm sure Washington's scouting was good enough to know that you start stop Jamar Jeffers, uh, Jefferson. That you know uh, Tristan Gevy is not going to beat you, uh, and yet he's still he's that talented of a back. Uh, in my opinion, he's the best in the conference. He still found his way to get his yards. Um, but moving on, we're going to go to number twenty. USC heads to Utah. Uh, SC is a three point favorite. Jake, what do you got in this game? 
Uh, yeah, the media is big on USC again. Uh, USC's 2-0. and But guess who else is? Colorado. That, that point is null and void. Um, last time I checked, Utah still has a defense that's coached by Kyle Whittingham. It's going to be good again. And they bring back the offensive likes like uh, Braden Covey. Um, they have a new starting quarterback, Drew Lisk. Uh, I'm interested to see what he can do. Obviously, we haven't seen Utah play yet. Um, I do think that they're going to be efficient with the ball. They're going to be good enough to let that defense win their games for them. So I see Utah winning by seven over USC. Kayla? The issue with the defense being the one that pulls out the win, as Washington fans, we've seen that that doesn't always work right? You can go back to the Cal game when they played down at Cal a couple years ago. You can rely on the defense, but that doesn't give you the points to win the game. And since Utah has yet to play a game, whereas USC has played two very, very close games, Utah has the advantage of no one having seen any film on them, which in turn, that new quarterback, you kind of have a little bit of wiggle room to work with and surprise USC. But USC has the advantage on playing and getting real game snaps. We maybe have seen how important that was with Washington. If Washington had played a game before Oregon State, maybe that snap 20 yards over Race Porter's head doesn't happen. I don't see Utah benefiting from not having actually playing time. So with that, as much as it pains me, I think it's USC by seven. Don't do it. <laughs> Mike? I, I, I had to. I like – lost a part of me but I, I tell you the 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 fan in me says um says utah but the analyst in me says utah as well i i have to try to separate the two because you know i think we're you know the the media is always high on usc until they play a game well, now they've played two games, and they have dodged two bullets very late. They've relied on other teams' mistakes to, to really win games rather than going out and really with, with the type of athletes, the type of offense that they have, they have not shown that they can curb stomp somebody with that offense. Their defense, their defensive backs are suspect. And uh, like Kayla said, we don't know what Utah's offense will be but Kyle Whittingham uh, you know this he has to make a statement right off the bat and it's against USC and I like Utah in this game Alameda uh, I think it's up in the air um, every, like you said everybody wants USC to be good um, every time you hear their name you want them to be in the top 25 but they never really prove themselves you know what I mean and I feel Utah is always the team to like upset somebody, you know what I mean? And um, I feel like it's up in the air. Uh, if Utah shows up to play, they're winning. Um, if USC just does what USC does and Utah doesn't show up, then USC is going to win, you know what I mean? So uh, I, I favor uh, Utah, though, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, let's go. But it's November, and Utah, I don't think, has ever <laughs> November, so. <laughs> There's no November to yeah. remember for in, in the state of Utah. <laughs> I don't know a month we're in anymore. It could be December for all I know. Right. <laughs> it's September for them right now. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I had Ryan Costeca of SI. He covers the Utes. And one thing that he mentioned 
is that Utah could be going through an identity change, which is really weird for Kyle Winningham, who's been there since, you know, Mike graduated from high school. But they're moving from a defensive (laughs) – they're moving from a defensive mind with ball control to – they're finally becoming almost like that Pac-12 team that's loaded with – skill positions uh and if you combine that you know you think zach moss is the top right you know he was he's the best running back that they've had in that program but as they level up their recruiting their offensive line scheme with kyle whittingham is still going to be there so you're getting guys with higher floors and higher ceilings it's their first game so there might be some choppiness there but usc has not put a full game together yet so for that the fan in me is taking over, and I'm going Utah. Well, and, and Trevor, the thing that I'm going to say about Kyle Whittingham and that offense is they have gone through so many offensive coordinators. Uh, they yes. Have, I mean, I couldn't tell you. They, I think they've gone through five in six years. So he's changed yes. things around every single time, and he's gone through quarterbacks. Uh, Jason Shelley looked like he was going to – Jason Shelley Jr. looked like he was going to be the quarterback of the future when he took over late in the season. Uh, then mm-hmm. he gets torched in the Pac-12 championship game by the Huskies. And, and now they've, they've gone through Huntley. They're, now they're on to another quarterback and another offensive coordinator. So I don't know that it's uh, – that he's really changed things dramatically as more as he's – kind of tried to find the right fit of a personnel or excuse me, right uh, coordinator for his personnel, not the right uh, scheme for his personnel. So it, it kind of, he's, he's really gone through uh, coordinators like, like I went through girlfriends in my (laughs) twenties. I hope your wife is not listening to this because you might as well go in my twenties. In my 20s. So you only have six. Only six. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He always fair his table. But, um, you know, and in fairness to, uh, to Kyle Whittingham, he's been there since I had hair. Oh. <laughs> I like he that. hasn't been there that long before you <laughs> get some, like, Wikipedia so we can get some years here. Yeah. My hair has been a little For, uh, longer than Wikipedia. He tells the truth. <laughs> In, in college football years, he's been there for a dog's age. Um, so we're going to move on. We have Stanford heading to Washington State. Stanford is a two-and-a-half-point favorite going to the Palouse. Um, I, if, if we didn't have COVID and, and I had an endless budget, I'd be going down to uh, Vegas right now to put some oh. money on this game. Yeah. Uh, Kayla, what is your breakdown? Stanford is the worst team in the North, and I will be the first to say it. They fooled us thinking they were, go- they were good by hanging with Oregon in that first half of the very first week. That is the best football we've seen them play so far. WSU has been a huge surprise with freshman quarterback Jaden Galora, and Nick Rolovich has already shown that he's no Mike Leach. He can run the ball and not just rely on an arm. The Cougars have been playing without Max Borgie, and I think that is very important to know, and that should scare a lot of teams, especially since the Cardinal, who allow an average of about 464 yards per game. That's a big number. That's not a good number, especially if you're going to Pullman. 
So put me down for WSU by 10. Yeah. Jake? I agree. Uh, WCU by 10. I think Delora is the real meal deal as far as quarterbacks go. Uh, it's probably the best one we've seen Wazoo have in a long time, even as a freshman. I think that, that going to Wazoo and, and, and beating them outright is almost impossible for Stanford. Like you said, Trev, if I was a betting man, I'd be in Vegas right now with you, and we'd put a lot of money down on Wazoo to cover and win. So that's what I'm going to go with. Mike? Wow, a lot of lot of um, a lot of people not high on Stanford. What Stanford hasn't had is a full complement of their playmakers. Um, with uh, with Weddington and Mills out, so I think that they can go into Pullman. And I'm not going to say that they're going to curb stomp them, but I think that that this is a time when Stanford. They're going to go in there, and I think that they're going to reset the clock, and they'll go in there, uh, and they'll come out with a win. The only way Stanford goes into Pullman and wins is if it's snowing. That is the only way. Just because Max Borgie has not been playing. So while Stanford is missing people, it kills me defending WSU. I would love to. <laughs> but if we're being realists here, it's not going to happen. Alabina? Uh, well, man, I mean, I have Stanford winning this game. Um, Wazoo did surprise me. Um, you know, I'm proud of them like you would be of your little brother. You know what I mean? I'm glad that they came out and uh, kind of they really are. But uh, I think Stanford is more disciplined and just like Mike said, go over there and uh, reset and uh, kind of set the bar straight with them. I, got, I mean <laughs> – you're the you are you are the decision maker here. This is tied right now. That was amazing. Proud of little brother. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate Wazoo, man. Those are just our little brothers that you know probably do well. Push them around a little bit. I get it. Yeah. Oh. Just that other team over there in Northwest. <laughs> well, you guys know how I'm gonna say. I already said I was gonna go down to Vegas if I could and bet the house. So uh, I'm gonna stick with Wazoo. Uh, David Shaw's. He's been a really successful head coach there, but it's been a slow march towards mediocrity um, from 2016 till now. They've been on a downward trajectory, um, and I think that some of his stubbornness just, you know, <laughs> look at the first game, just trotting jet uh, a dejected jet toner out onto the field to miss another field goal. Uh, I think his stubbornness is going to get in the way of this, and Wazoo's going to come out with a victory. Our now, final game. Are we now on to my breakdown of Arizona at Washington? And that's there. all the time we have. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got UW hosting Arizona. UW is an eleven and a half point favorite. Uh, Alameda, one of the coolest plays that you were ever involved in was against Arizona. How do you feel about this game? Um, every time I played Arizona, is one of the hardest games I've played up front. Um, yeah. Maybe not as a whole, you know, as a team, but up front, you know, I've left that game really sore, you know what I mean? And um, nothing's changed. I watched them, uh, their game from last week. They still got those big boys up front. Um, they kind of seen the mistakes that we made as far as our defense at UW, not fitting in those gaps. 
kind of getting caught off guard because of, you know, experience. I also see um, them fixing that. I also see them fixing that part of their game uh, this week going against them. Um, like I said, if they if they can get Latuling Arsenal and them, him and Big 94 can you know, hold that middle and just let the uh, outside linebackers outside, you know, rush the passer. Um, sucks to say, I mean, it, it's a hard game for me. You know what I mean? Uh, Arizona showed a lot, a lot of grit going against a USC like that. And um, I hope UW whoops them. I see UW winning by three points, maybe. So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Awesome. And, Mike, how about your breakdown? Well, I tell you what, the the quarterback for – and I can't think of his name right now. He rushed 13 times for 40 yards. Uh, the other guy rushed 21 times for, uh, I think, 121 yards. So – and those – the running back is 6'1", 230. Their quarterback is 6'6". He's going to – He's gonna. He can. They can wear out uh, the the linebackers for Washington. Really trying to keep them honest. And the the defensive backs for Washington. They have a, a good bit of size on the number uh, on the two top receivers for Arizona State, which are both five ten. Uh, they're, they're they have size in the, some places. They have size in some strange places where they don't have size at, at receiver. Everyone's going to big receivers right now. And it's interesting to see kind of a change of pace at, at the uh, wide out position with their two receivers. So I think that, that Washington is going to really have to buckle down on that run game. And like Alameda said, uh, you know, set, you know, use your, the middle gum it up with the big, Poly guys, you have a couple of guys in there with uh, not Sam Time. No, Time Money is gone. Is Sam Time Money? Time Money. Oh, it was Sam Apama that's gone. Um, but Time Money uh, and and Thule, I mean, those guys can get in there, and they have some other guys that can really. Uh, Jacob Bandis. These guys, they have some beef, and I think they're going to really need to rotate through those guys. And Jimmy Lake has shown that he is willing to rotate through anybody uh pretty much just about anybody that had a number on their back played in that game uh now on the offensive side that's where i have concerns for washington did did can they sort out an overthrown pass in six days in seven days uh can they sort out dropped balls in the span of six days in the passing game, they were 14 for uh, 24 for 141 yards. That's not going to scare anybody. Um, the, the guys that we expected to see really come out in this game, Puka, uh, he had a, he wasn't targeted that much. Ty Jones was targeted five times. He had one reception. Now, the one thing that I love about Ty Jones, though, watch him blocking in every on every single play he's going out there and he's blocking like a tight end he's even blocking on punt returns okay ty jones yeah. he he has the physical tools to be an all-conference i think next year he could be an all-american candidate but the time is now for ty jones to really step up 
be that number one receiver that scares the crap out of the other teams that free up some of the, uh, the guys down the line and makes everybody better by him being that number one receiver. Jake, you have a minute. Uh, wow, that's rude. Um, Mike alluded to the rushing game. I think UW's thing to beat Arizona is take away the passing game of Grant Gunnell. He had three touchdowns under Jimmy Lake defense. We have been really uh, efficient at taking away the throwing game, especially against the Wazoo type of an air raid system. Uh, Arizona doesn't run that, but if we could stop the pass and stop those receivers from catching touchdowns, we can win this game. I have us winning 30 to 20. That's under a minute, Trev. You're welcome. Nice work. Kayla, you got a minute. What? I should get his extra time. <laughs> this isn't Congress. Things, Zoom tells me. <laughs> things Mike brought up the size of Grant Gunnell can definitely drop. Two, I'm, I'm not afraid of the running game from Arizona just because kind of going what Jake said is because I, and I won't deny it, is that Grant Gunnell has the second highest quarterback passer rating in the Pac-12 conference with 107.5. Not sold on the third of offense that the Huskies ran against Oregon State. So if both teams play how they did last weekend, you double lose strictly because what Mike was saying, those have to be fixed and can they be fixed within six days? Who knows? Did Arizona just have a great game against number 20 USC? AB, who knows? Arizona's stud quarterback with Grant Gunnell, that's a scary person, especially if he's just a sophomore. DBs, it's one of them coming out, one of my Grant Gunnell, that's insane. And I want to believe the dogs are short against Oregon State. So with that, I'll say Huskies by seven. That was yeah. more than a minute. I just took your extra 30 seconds. <laughs> and, and I'm with you guys. I think that Mike brought up, I think something that's going to be really important is that Washington's defensive backs have a size advantage on Arizona's. So expect them to be up on the line and jamming them, not allowing them to get free uh, to move to open zones. Uh, Alameda talked about how there was some issues with some assignments and, and missed gaps. If Washington can fix those, they're going to cover the spread. I think it's going to be about a seven point game. Thank you guys so much for coming on. We are out of time. Trevor Mueller, Kayla Olin, Jake Grant, Mike Martin, and our guest, Alameda Ta'amu. Thank you so much. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs.